The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. And of course, I'd be happy for us to delve a little bit more into the Jacques Poe matter uh, once we've done our thinking point. I think it's such an important moment also for, for journalism. You know, we're living in a country where the credibility of the entire profession is is, is on the decline, you know, and the, the, the trust simply does not exist. So when we have things like this happen from individuals who are considered senior investigative reporters, it certainly does not bode well for the entire entire industry. But like I said, that's a conversation that we continue to have within the hour. So our thinking point for the for the day is around this 15-year-old boy who was at a petrol station in Cape Town and was effectively shot dead by a security guard. Marvin Charles is a journalist at News24. And Marvin, you've been watching the story. Tell us exactly what happened here. It's, you know, it's absolutely horrific on your program. So basically what we've been able to ascertain is that, you know, this altercate, this was just an altercation gone wrong between a security guard of SBV and the father of the 15-year-old Carl Duplessis, mm-hmm. who was there at the time. Basically what we know is that the SBV, SBV van was standing at the garage um, in the early, um, at the afternoon of Monday and basically um, the father of, of Shaw wanted the security guards to move the van because they were on their way to the hospital and um, the tire was flat. Eventually, um, they, they told the driver, they asked the driver to, to move the van, but the driver refused to. They managed to get past with the car, mm. but then the security guard um, of the CB van came up to to Charles father and started you know pro, you know being very verbal with him started swearing at him mm-hmm. and at one point became very 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 aggressive and at that point what we are hearing from you know Charles, um, Charles cousin is that you know Charles got out of the car to protect his father because his father is gravely ill mm-hmm. and and needed you know just some assistance the security guard then flung Charles across um, the car and it left a dent in the car, a visible dent in the car. And um, Charles tried to, you know, try to punch the security guard and then the security guard shot him three times. So so, so there was a, a physical altercation between the 15-year-old and this guard? Yes, there was. In terms of the response, I mean, was he the only one that that was there um, for his company? Was this the best way to deal with that situation? He was um, with his two sisters. Carl was with his two sisters, um, his seven-year-old sister and three-year-old sister as well. They were in the car. Mm-hmm. They were quite traumatized after the matter. So they were the only pack in the car. Mm-hmm. And where was Charles' father when all of this was happening? He was sitting in the car. He was gravely ill and, and couldn't really get out of the car mm. because of the security guard standing there, uh, you know, basically blocking him. Oh, so, so if I understand it correctly, Charles' father, who was ill, remained in the car while the 15-year-old got out of the car to try and stop the security guard from hurling these insults or whatever else it was yes. that was yes. happening with his dad. Yes. Basically, that's what happened. And, and do we understand why he pulled out a gun and shot him? 
that, that is what we are struggling to understand, you know, about why the security guard didn't, you know, fire a warning shot at that point. You know, why, you know, some other one of his colleagues didn't intervene also. I mean, it, it really shines a light about how private security um, you know, systems really work. I mean, what, what systems do they have in place to protect mm-hmm. the public as mm-hmm. well? And I'm curious to whether the, the security uh, company, SBV, will be launching their own investigation into the conduct of these security guards. Because what we've seen, Kathy, when our story went out on news24.com, is a lot of people coming forward and, you know, describing an arbitrary behavior from the SBV security guards. And we, I'm, I'm not attacking them in any way, but mm. these are just comments made from people who, you know, have, have really experienced some sort of volatile behavior from them. And it really, you know, questions, you know, their the standing as, security, as a security agency. Well, the reality is that right now we have a young child who's lost his life and, uh, you know, no clear reasons why. Marvin, very quickly, I understand that the security guard is in court today. Yes, he is appearing on charges of murder at the Somerset West Magistrates Court. We are keeping a close eye on those movements. Uh, there are some other things that we're busy with today, but we're keeping a close eye. But we are sure and that uh, justice will prevail. We also understand that some of the um, family members will be protesting outside of court as mm. well. All right. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Marvin Charles, he's a journalist with News24, and he's been covering the story. Uh, Maibenati Makua is an interim provincial secretary for trade union Detawe in the Western Cape. Maibenati, thank you so much for, for your time today. You know, when you hear stories like this, it it is absolutely shocking that um, there doesn't seem to be any clear guidelines or protocols that security officers actually operate within. And now we're sitting with a case of a child who's lost their lives. Uh, Thank you, Katie. Uh, Uh, Indeed, uh, we are living, uh, in fact, the, the, the CIT industry, is one of the uh, high-risk industries in South Africa. There are protocols uh, that are in place uh, to regulate the conduct of security guards who are tasked to perform duties in that industry. Remember, uh, before a security guard would be uh, uh, licensed or be authorized to perform duties in that industry, it would be taken through a training that is, first of all, regulated under CIRA, and uh, the individual uh, private uh, security companies, they do provide their own uh, trainings to make sure that uh, the conduct of the security officers um, is one that um, is uh, within the law. But uh, from what I've just listened from the person that we spoke to, he is uh, intimating to a physical or a physical altercation between uh, the, the, the deceased and uh, the security officer. If you, for an example, there is a report that was commissioned in 2017 and 2018 by CIRA Research uh, Development Research Unit, uh, which identified, you know, the modus, one of the, amongst the, 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 the issues that... Um, uh, Maibenati, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give you an opportunity to tell us more about that report after the latest news headlines. It's 9.30.
You're live on the Talking Point. A pleasure to have you with us today. And uh, I'm going to be taking your calls and your comments and your SMSs in a moment. Our thinking point for this moment is around the security industry. We have a 15-year-old boy that was shot dead at a petrol station by an SBV um, security official. Uh, They had entered into an altercation and, um, you know, things seemed to deteriorate from there. But ultimately, the response of the security to God was to shoot this young boy at least three times. Maibenati Makia is the uh, interim provincial secretary for the trade union Datao in the Western Cape. Maibenati, you were telling us about uh, this report that was done in the, into the industry. Yes, that's correct. Um, I'm saying the report identified the modus. One of the uh, things that they use, you know, by, that, that is used by the criminals when they are conducting these cash heists. Um, it uh, identified, for an example, that uh, you would normally find that at the scene of the heist that there will be multiple game players that are there, including en route vehicles and, uh, and grass uh, pavement in a static vehicle. So these uh, en route, for an example, vehicles are p- vehicles that are, would be one way or the other, be seen to be obstructing the, 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 the cash truck. So... If you listen to what has happened and read, for an example, I read uh, what is uh, what what is uh, said to have happened there. That the the father of the deceased went to the garage, you know, because he had a flat tire and parked the vehicle for whatever reason. It seems that the the cash truck was uh, uh, blockading his uh, way, his way. So this you cannot rule out the behavior the behavior of the security. Uh, officers, uh, in fact, when they have all this at the back of their minds that there are these yeah, uh, uh, that we normally you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to see that perspective, but it really, I, I don't see how it actually would hold because if if the van is blocking the way mm. and somebody needs to move, they need to move. And we all know how aggressive these security officials can often be when they're out in public and when they're actually interacting with ordinary members of the public. Surely there's a difference between being able to identify what is a very real threat versus, you know, an ill man who can't even get out of his car that his 15-year-old has to come out and try and save the day in inverted commas. No, you are correct. You are correct, Katie. But uh, the, the, the point that I'm trying to raise that you cannot rule out these issues because uh, these workers are workers who are uh, working under enormous uh, risk, and uh, some of them they have been in the past uh, subjected, or they have been part of the uh, cash high. They have been actually involved in cash heights that uh, almost took their lives. So when they experience these uh, things, surely you would have uh, 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 they would have some some uh, one way or the other a reaction that may not necessarily be. Um, a, a great one, but the point that we are raising is that we are not saying we are not excusing the conduct. That's what I'm trying to say. We are not excusing the conduct, but when you are, you are dealing with these situations, you have to understand the background and what really, um, uh, what really these workers, you know, on a day-to-day uh, go through. And and that's fair enough, but it can't be justification 
for then when you're put in a situation and you are unable to either respond to the situation effectively, then you kill people, especially a 15-year-old child. It, you know, it, 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 because that means that incidents like this can happen and can continue to happen. And we can excuse them and say, well, you know, they're under threat 24-7. So um, the way that that person approached them gave them the impression that maybe they might be in danger. Surely there must be some kind of training to help them identify what a real threat is and what isn't. Uh, Kathy, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that... Uh me and you, we don't have the full details of what happened there because we were not there. Because if you listen to the, the person that you spoke to before me, it's indicating to a physical altercation. So we don't know really what has happened. But I agree with you that you would you surely have to be able to differentiate, you know, a real threat and a, and if if there is a threat or not, you should be but, able but to also identify But also shooting that. an unarmed 15-year-old three times. Okay, when I got, when I, in fact, what I read um, about that, there is, uh, there is somebody who's saying the, the 15-year-old reached for the pocket. Someone is saying he reached for the pocket to take out money. I don't know how, what happened when it comes to that. But really, to be, to be, to, we, we cannot put a blanket, you know, a condemnation, a blanket ban on this. We have to be realistic and try to understand what exactly may have happened in that case. But I doubt that the security guard would have just uh, reacted in that way if, they, if he felt that there what, was no what, what are the protocols in place for the security guards in situations like that? What are they supposed to do? Okay, the first thing that they're supposed to do when they get into areas like that, like the one that they were, they need for they take up their positions uh, when the vehicle parks they take up their positions so that they make sure that everybody is secured or the one who is going either to the atm or who's going to the cash safe is protected by the by the person who is who is um, escorting him so that's the point so in this case it would appear because i'm not there i don't have the full details it would appear that the truck may have taken the position already, and when this, um, uh, when the deceased or the father of the deceased wanted to leave, so that would have uh, almost hampered the plans. Because when they go to each and every uh, client, there is a plan that is already laid down. As to what which, which is to do. fine, but why, why would they, why would they park an individual in? And I've seen it happen at several malls. And quite yeah. frankly, my car has been parked in, parked in before. And the problem is that you see it, and your first instinct is to let them finish. But then you don't know whether yeah. they're going to yeah. be yeah. thirty minutes, whether it's going to be an hour. And when you try and approach these people, they're facing. You know, they have their guns pointed in your direction effectively <laughs> yes no 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 you are correct when they get when, when like, like i've said earlier on that when they get to each and every client there is a plan laid down so it would be difficult for them to easily deviate because when they deviate from the plan they normally experience uh, problems for an example if they deviate from the plan they would um, uh, sometimes if something happens they would be in trouble with their employers because the employer would say Here's the plan, but why did you deviate from the plan? And look at what happened. There is a cash heist which had resulted after you have deviated from the plan. 
that was or that was laid down. All right, we're going to have to leave it there for this morning. Maibena Timakia is the Interim Provincial Secretary for the Trade Union Datao in the Western Cape. I, I'm, I'm not convinced, you know, uh, you, uh, on social media, Kumbu Mbuke says, SBV guards are rude and unruly. I often visit an office park that shares a driveway with one of their stations depot. The arrogance even threatening to shoot you if you ask them to avoid blocking the road um, in in their private cars and the reality is that they've been instances like i said and i don't know what your experience has been how do you respond uh, when you have you know these security officials who are working with sbv or different other companies um and uh, are there to transport cash how do you respond when 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 you find them in the parking lot you know i i often don't even know what to do and I, I always just hope that they haven't parked me in because if they have, I need to go and keep myself busy for the next 30 minutes to an hour sometimes while they do their job. Because asking them to move apparently is, is not an option. And yet they willingly park people in because your car is already there. So it's not like they don't know that, you're parking you, that they're parking you in. The unfortunate thing, however, is that in this instant, um, it has resulted in the loss of life for a 15-year-old child. And uh, that particular case is going to be before uh, the court today. So I'll be taking your calls on 11 at the SMS line 41391, on WhatsApp at 0614-104-107, and on Twitter at SFM Radio, the hashtag SFM Talking Point.